After struggles during his freshman season in Bloomington, Malik Renew could be one of the breakout players in the Big Ten next season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for IU Athletics. And we're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Big thanks for making us your first listen wherever you're tuning in at, whether on YouTube or on whatever podcast platform uh, you so choose. Appreciate you guys as always. I'm your host, Jacob Rude. Reminder, I haven't mentioned this in a while. Locked On and Sirius XM are partners, which means you can listen to us on the Sirius XM app. It also means you can listen to IU Sports on Sirius XM this fall, winter, into next year. Just during the season, all you have to do is type in Hoosiers on Sirius XM or the SXM app and listen to Don Fisher on the call, whatever the sport may be. Malik Renew came in with a lot of, uh, I would say, fanfare in his freshman season. Looked really good at the start of the year, but tailed off as the year went along. I have been bullish on him really since he first started uh, showing what he could do on campus. I remain bullish on him, even though there were struggles next season, to the point where I think he could be one of the breakout players in the Big Ten next season. Before we look ahead, I want to look back at Malik and the freshman class as a whole from last year. Those that are left, Jalen obviously going to the NBA if you guys want to hear any more thoughts on Jalen, I know we talked a lot about Trace on this podcast. If you want to hear my thoughts on Jalen and the Lakers, there are a number of podcasts that I, I've gone on. You can check out my Twitter over at Jacob Rude. I've went on a number of Lakers podcasts to talk about him and his fit in LA. So including Locked on Lakers, that's your number one stop. I was on their episode on Wednesday, I believe. And so head on over there and listen to us talk about Jalen and the Lakers. Let's talk about Malik, a good friend of Jalen, and look back at his freshman season first. Look, he came in and I thought he hit the ground running when he first started his freshman season. 15 points in his debut against Moorhead State. I would still contend one of his most impressive performances of the season. Maybe his most impressive came in the Xavier game when very few people kind of showed up for Indiana. It was a lot of Trace, a lot of Xavier Johnson, and Malik Renew, and he closed out that game, and I thought really made an impression early on to the point that I think I, I was making arguments early in the season that he should be starting over Race Thompson, and he looked really good through the first about five, six games of his freshman season, but man, sprinted straight into that freshman wall that rookie wall, whatever you want to call it. And he struggled mightily. Once the the competition level really ticked up, that UNC game, the Big Ten, uh, the Kansas and Arizona games, there were a lot of struggles that he faced. And it was on both ends of the court. I thought a a lot of times he was forcing things a little too much. And it, it led to him struggling with fouls a lot this season struggling to make an impact because of fouls, but because it also felt like 
he wasn't letting things come to him, which is natural when you're kind of in the position he was in where uh, he's only getting minutes off the bench. Even if they were consistent minutes throughout the season, he's only getting minutes off the bench and uh, things at, at times I thought snowballed for him from the UNC game through uh, the Michigan state game in mid January, he did not reach double figures in any game in that span. Didn't only average 4.9 points. He shot 47% from the field, but considering all of his shots were coming at the rim, basically it wasn't great. It was just a struggle. And in that span, he averaged almost three fouls per game. Uh, he fouled out of the Michigan state game. He had four fouls in a number of those games. I think that was the big, one of the biggest issues for him is the foul trouble he had all season long. That being said, I thought he powered on, powered through, figured some things out as the season went along, had a nice game against Minnesota, a game in which, if you guys recall, Mike Woodson wasn't there. Malik was incredible in the first half and then simply didn't play in the second half, and it was one of the more confounding decisions of the year, but uh, we won the game, and I don't know how much people even really remember the details of that game, but he played extremely well, 10 points in 12 minutes in that one. Uh, the next game against Ohio State, 15-8 and eight in 23 minutes, and I thought that kind of started a strong run of games for him. There were still some blips along the way. It wasn't perfect, but... He looked a lot better. I mean, his points were only up to 5.4, but from that Mich or that Minnesota game through the end of the season, shot 57% from the field, and his fouls were down to a tick over two per game. Didn't foul or fouled out of one game, the Maryland game on the road, which was about as ugly as Indiana looked at any point in the second half of the season, I think, and. Outside of that, he didn't foul out of any other games. He got his foul issues under control, especially down the stretch. The final five games of the season, uh, he very much was never in foul trouble. I think it sent him into the offseason really strong and with a lot of optimism. And, and he had found solutions to the problems that he had had during the season and kind of came out on the other side of that. And it is another reason why I think he could be set for a big season next year, that and a number of other reasons. But I, I he is someone that I think will benefit from having a season under his belt, having a sense of how to play college basketball, Big Ten basketball, and having learned from guys like Trace, Race, uh, being more familiar with Mike Woodson's style and whatnot, though that style is obviously going to change, but he's going to benefit from this season, even if it was kind of an up and down one, a frustrating one at times for him. I think there's going to be some other factors, like I said, that are really going to help him out. Before we talk about next season, let's talk about the two other freshmen in his class, CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks, two guys who certainly did not have quite as much time on the floor at all as he did. Malik played 522 minutes. Uh, CJ Gunn played 150, Banks 135. So uh, not nearly the play time. We'll talk about them 
what they showed, what might be in store for them here in a moment. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, FanDuel. Take your first bet, swing at betting on FanDuel, and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the game. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shout out to you guys, as always, for making us your first listen every single day. Every dayers, uh, next week on the show, uh, we're going to be kind of shifting into next year mode. We, we've largely covered everyone from the basketball season. We have one more show to do on the freshman for the women's basketball team from last season, and then we will be done with those, and we can start looking forward little bit to basketball. I want to do talk about some lineups that I think will be interesting next season. Uh, but also, we're going to start talking football. It's not everybody's favorite topic, but the football season is uh, it's coming up. And so, with July starting to come up, we're going to eventually shift back into uh, an episode every day of the week. Probably not right away, but we'll shift back into that once July comes around into August. If there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about, want to hear me talk about, let me know in the comments down below on a review on Locked On uh, Hoosiers on iTunes or in the YouTube comments, and we'll certainly discuss it. I, I want to talk about what you guys want to hear about, so let me know down below. Let's talk CJ Gunn and Caleb Banks, two guys that um, didn't have a ton of time on the floor last year. I don't want to say they didn't show a lot. I, I think each of them showed what they could be. They just didn't have a ton of time to do it. Not that it wasn't. What I would say is these two kind of show the how tough the transition is and the adjustment is from high school to Big Ten basketball, especially for guard and perimeter players. You're not going to come in right away, and the way this league is officiated, it's a struggle to come in right away and be productive as a guard. And so I think that's part of the reason these two struggled. They showed flashes at times. CJ Gunn uh, never was really a consistent player in the rotation. He had a couple games during non-conference play where he had big minutes. Miami game 
Uh, I believe Xavier Johnson was out that game. I know it was a shorthanded IU team, and so uh, he wasn't out. It might have just been because it was a blowout. But uh, Jalen only played 20 minutes that game. CJ Gunn got 18. That was his uh, second highest minutes total. He played 19 against Elon. Probably two of his best games of the season. Definitely that Elon game was his best game of the season. The only game he reached double figures in scoring. And I think what was maybe surprising and not a good way about CJ Gunn's season is how much he struggled from the three-point line. It wasn't in big volume, and it's really hard to be a consistent knockdown three-point shooter if you just don't really get minutes. So I certainly don't think this is really indicative of anything to come, but he shot two of 24 from the three-point line this season. That's 8.3%. I still think he can be a floor spacer, and that's one of the skills he came in with. I'm not really putting a lot into him shooting as poorly as he did this season. He was a willing shooter when he came on the floor, and that, as much as anything, having that mentality, even later on in the season when he was struggling, that's going to help him moving forward, but uh, ultimately there wasn't a ton of production from him. You're basing a lot of your thoughts kind of moving forward on his potential, which that there is plenty of, and you can see the makings of someone that could be a very productive player for Indiana moving forward, but really outside of that Elon game and with very few other exceptions, he didn't get on the court a whole lot. Northwestern was the only Big Ten game he really saw extended minutes. The Northwestern home game, a game which IU struggled mightily, and a comeback made that look a lot closer than that game really was. So I still have hope, belief in him, but uh, it's, again, based a lot in the potential. Caleb Banks is someone similarly that – just didn't get on the floor a lot this season. He did more at the tail end of the season. He had some decent showings, uh, some strong showings this season, even in limited minutes, though a lot of those came early on in the season in non-conference play when IU was playing bad teams, if I'm being honest. Uh, he didn't reach double figures in scoring at any point this season, but He had some games where I thought he played well. The Ohio State game at home, he got in and I thought looked decent. He played 12 minutes in that game, and that wasn't really a blowout. He had five points and seven rebounds. I would say that was probably his best game of the season and really showed what he could be for this Indiana team. Uh, He had five points in the Iowa game um, at the end of February, played 14 minutes in that one. Those were his two highest minute totals in Big Ten play. So that Iowa game was obviously a blowout and why he featured more than than other games. But once it got to the very end of the season, it was interesting, specifically that Miami game, that he was someone IU turned to when they needed some type of spark. It's kind of hard to read a lot into that one because um, IU was so shorthanded at the end of the season. So many guys just 
underperforming on the off the bench. Jordan Geronimo, uh, chief among them, and, and I don't mean that as a shot at him, but Caleb Banks got minutes because Jordan Geronimo didn't in that game. Malik Renew only played ten minutes. They tried to go to Caleb Banks for some sort of spark. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that Mike Woodson had at least that level of belief in him moving for or at that point in the season and moving forward. Hopefully that serves as a catalyst for doing more this offseason because he was someone Mike Woodson at least had some level of trust in to put on the court in that moment. What I think is going to help all three guys we mentioned, but maybe more specifically the two big men is the style of play Indiana have is going to have next season. Both Gunn and Banks have a lot of potential. I think both will have bigger roles and expectations next season to start the year at least, for better and for worse. But I think all three of them are going to benefit from what IU is going to be doing offensively next year. We'll talk about each one of them and kind of their roles and what we should expect from them next year here in just a moment. So I use new look offense makes it a little bit hard to project looking forward. We have an idea of what I use offense is going to look like a lot more spacing, a lot more maybe fluidity, uh, a lot more guys playing on the perimeter. And I think that benefits everyone we've talked about today in, in different ways. Start with Malik and why I think he could be due for a breakout season. He's going to have a lot of space to operate next season i assume the starting lineup is going to be xavier trey galloway uh mbako and then malik and kalel Ware. maybe nominally malik will be listed as a power forward but he's going to be the one operating inside uh, offensively and think about last season how many times could we put five perimeter oriented players on the floor around a big man they only really did it when Race Thompson was hurt and Miller Cop sparingly played the four. It was very, very rare. IU didn't really have the personnel to play that small last season. They're going to have the personnel to do that this season, which means you can look to the women's basketball team and how much room Mackenzie Holmes had to operate this season. And what a big jump she had in production and efficiency. You can apply that to what the men's team is going to do. If you look at the pairings Malik played with the most last season, uh, the top two were Jalen Huchifino and Tamar Bates, but then it was Trace Jackson Davis. And at Mal neither Malik nor Trace were floor spacers, which meant over 500 offensive possessions last year the two of them were operating largely in the same spaces. They want to work in the same spaces, and that's difficult to do. Miller Cop was the next most common uh, for Malik, but it I, I think he's going to benefit from having a center like Kalel Ware that'll space the floor, having an offense that's going to be focused on uh, more spacing, more uh playing with more pace, just a more modern looking offense that isn't throw the ball in the post and everybody kind of react to what Trace is going to do. I think Malik is someone that's going to benefit greatly from that. 
you're, you can throw out the Malik Kalawar lineups. The Malik Mbako lineups, I think, could be really interesting. If you think Malik can play as a small ball five, I don't even know if he'd really be small ball. Just as a center, I think Mbako might be at his best as a four next season. So if there are minutes where they're playing the four and the five next year, I think that would uh, benefit IU greatly. Similarly, Renew and Walker next season, if IU is going to be kind of committed to playing small, I think those lineups would work really well um, for Malik and for the Hoosiers. But just compare those three guys as front court players versus guys that Malik played with last season. And I think you can see pretty quickly how different um, this roster, these lineups are going to look. To the point about a new look offense helping, I don't. Caleb Banks might be one of the people who would benefit most from this new offense. What he showed, I think, most consistently last season is athleticism, effort, energy, speed that he plays with. Kind of a lot of intangible things. And if you're making an offense where you have guys playing faster, playing on the perimeter more, using that speed, that athleticism to get to the rim, to exploit mismatches, to beat guys one-on-one. I think Caleb Banks is the type of guy that can benefit from that because that's a lot of ways how he found his success last year in an offense that wasn't designed to kind of help showcase that. Like, it's going to be an offense this year that is designed for guys who can play like that. And I think that will benefit him this upcoming season. And then CJ Gunn, he's going to have more minutes simply because IU just doesn't have a lot of guards. And it's not to say he's not going to deserve them. I I think it's going to be interesting to see what type of role he has because, again, he came in with some expectations of being a shooter and IU doesn't have those players on the roster. So on top of being a guard that IU doesn't have a ton of, he's also a shooter in theory. Uh, I mean, to be fair, in theory, he didn't show it in practice, but we mentioned why those numbers probably should be t- should be taken with some grains of salt. But you're looking at Xavier and Trey as your starters, and right away after that, it's pretty wide open. You have CJ Gunn. You have Gabe Cups. He's going to play a fair amount. You have Ja'Kai Newton, the freshman. Those three guys right away are going to be competing for minutes. There's still the possibility IU brings in a guard in the transfer portal. This late, I would be surprised. Um, We've seen IU kind of snag guys late, but it's July, basically. So, I use roster might just be what it is at this point in the season, which means that's big minutes for CJ Gunn to play. So we'll see. He's going to have the chances to contribute next season. Certainly more consistent chances than he had last year, both him and Banks both. And if I use focus on playing with more guys on the perimeter and trying to become more consistent as an outside shooting team, Gunn very much could benefit from that. He's going to benefit sheerly from the numbers game of there aren't going to be many guards to play. And just on that alone, he's going to have playing time this season. So I'm excited for what this freshman turned sophomore class now 
could bring to the table for IU next season. It, I know we've talked a lot about this year and what Mike Woodson's vision is for an offense, but you can apply that to, to last year's recruiting class as well because all three of these guys are going to transition nicely into what Indiana what's, wants to do. I don't think that's a coincidence. And so I, I expect big things from this sophomore class next season. Thank you, as always, to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, every day is again next week on the show. We'll talk women's basketball, that freshman class, and then we will transition into some more focus on next season. Whatever topics you guys want to hear, let us know in the comments, on reviews, over on Twitter, whatever it may be. We'll absolutely get those into the show in the coming days and weeks. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All of that great stuff. Appreciate all the help. I hope everybody has a great 4th of July weekend if you're celebrating it this weekend. And as always, LEO.